playoff teams have good relief pitching, but what goes into good relief pitching? We will get into that and get a little bit closer to understanding the bullpen on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and my name is Jeff Carr. Steve Offenbaker will be joining me, and so will Carlos Guevara. He pitched in the minor leagues and in the major leagues with the San Diego Padres from 2003 through 2009, and he knows what is to be known about relief pitching. Steve and I have been lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans, and we turned an addiction into information for you on this Locked On Reds podcast that's brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every single day. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. And with Carlos in tow, we are going to really dive into what goes in to being a relief pitcher. The Reds' bullpen was phenomenal this year, but it was also overworked since, like, basically the beginning of June. We're going to get into why that is and really what goes into the day-to-day life of a starting pitcher versus a relief pitcher and what is going on behind the scenes. It's not as if a relief pitcher comes in and works for 15 minutes, and that's it. That, that That's all about his day. We get into the nitty-gritty about that, and Carlos also kind of looks at the Reds' pitching staff, where he would improve it, and, and what we can expect from it next season. Thanks so much for joining us here on today's Lockdown Reds episode that is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started kind of like run us through real fast what your life was like going through and and, and doing the pitching where Steve and I we just really talk about the pitching um yeah so you know out of college I was a starter you know freshman year I was I was a reliever came in the other bullpen and that was new to me so I had to learn how to how to come into games you know like basically at a snap of a finger you get like one batter, two batters to get ready. So I learned a little bit of that, got away from it, became a full-time starter, sophomore year, junior year, get drafted. Um, I'm a starter in Billings, and then I get moved up to low A, and we start doing a tandem, like 45 pitches, a starter, and then there's a guy behind him. And then we would switch. So you kind of got, you never really came in in the middle of an inning. It was always a clean inning. So I really didn't get the the bullpen aspect of it then until the following year, they decided to make me a full-time reliever. And, you know, the first like month was just, was an adjustment. I had to figure out my body because it's two totally different things, whether you're going to start a game or you're coming in relief. Actually, and if you come in on a clean inning, you know, you're coming in a clean inning, you can take your time, you can stretch a little bit more. But if that phone rings and they say Guevara, get hot you better get hot in like 90 seconds you got 12 pitches to go and you better be ready sometimes it takes 25 pitches you know for them to actually put you in um which which can wear on you which we'll you know talk about a little bit later i'm sure uh with the reds bullpen but it's it's a difficult life to get used to because the number one thing that i found that was the hardest things to do is to prove your pitches throughout the year because you don't get time to work on those because you're hot that day, you know, in the minor leagues, it's usually two, two back-to-back days, max that third day. 
Um, they're going to save your arm. They're not going to try to do that until you get to the big leagues, which I always thought was kind of weird. It's like I never practiced this in the minor leagues, and all of a sudden the big leagues, you want me to go back to back to back? Like, okay, <laughs> let's try it here, I guess. Um, but that's that was one of the biggest things because, I mean, you know, pitchers come out to stretch before, and if you've thrown back-to-back days, you're like, all right, I'll get the blood flowing, but I'm not stretching it out. That's it because I might have to get into pitch tonight. You know, so as to where as a starter, you know, they've got four days in between. So, you know, they can rest, they can do their long toss, then they get a bullpen, sometimes two bullpens, and they can work on whatever it is they want. A reliever, you get your, your warm-ups um, before, before practice starts, and you get your flat work in, and that's really the only time you can get it. And, again, you don't want to be throwing 100% because you don't want to get hot two, two times in one day. Right. It's just it's you have to learn your body. Each guy is different. Um, there were guys that could just, you know, would have rubber arms. And that's a real thing. They can just keep throwing and throwing and throwing me on the second half of my career. I was like, no way. If, if I threw one day that next day, I'm barely tossing just to get a little blood flow. If I threw two days, I'm not throwing all that third day in case I might have to get in. It's just because you got to save bullets. Um, you'll hear minor league coaches, major league coaches, they're like, you only have so many bullets. And once you start, you know, going on the the decline of that, and I could kind of feel it when it was, I was like, man, I'm not getting better. It's just kind of like stalling right here. And then it kind of goes down a little bit, and you're like, oh, man, I better start saving what I have left. So let's, it's, let's it's, it's tricky to figure it out. Let's unpack a little bit of that because it's going to, I think, really factor into the conversation we're going to have here in a few minutes as far as the Reds bullpen and the Reds pitching. Uh, some of the things you talked about. Let's start with starting pitching. You talk about, you know, flat work and bullpen days and long, you know, they're in-betweens. Talk me through a typical week for a starting pitcher. So, you know, we'll start today. Let's say you were in the game. You were the starting pitcher. You pitched today. Walk me through the next week until that next start rolls around. What does that look like for a starting pitcher? Um, so, again, each guy is different, but usually they try to go that next day um, a good a good long toss session in, you know, so they can get that blood flow going. Um, they get a, a pretty good long toss going, and each pitcher is different. You might do a little flat work. You might just shut it down after that, get your workout in. Next day, um, you, you come in and you do you see how you feel. Um, a lot of guys like to throw their bullpen that day and then have two days off before their start. Some of them like to have it on that third day. So then they have one day, you know, because they usually dial it back a little bit more on their start. It's more of a, a starter who already knows what he's doing. He's already going. He's not having to learn something. You usually, if you're going to have to learn something or work on something, you want to throw your bullpen with two extra days in between your, your next start. Um, and it's basically that fourth day is is you you hit your flat work pretty hard there. Um, you know, you get your long toss and you throw and you get your catcher and he's just there and you're working on your spins. You're working on a couple of little different things, just fine tuning your grips and then shut it down. You put your flats on and eat some sunflower seeds and watch the game. <laughs> So it sounds like for a starting pitcher, they're still throwing four days a week, depending mm -hmm. on what kind of work they're doing. When 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 you have one of these bullpen sessions, typically, you know, are, are they pitch limited? Someone is someone tracking those pitches for total pitches thrown during a bullpen, or is it more based on just how the pitcher feels? And if he feels great after 10, that's enough. If he wants to throw 40, he can. How does that work? 
Um, in the minor leagues, it's usually structured. Um, and again, each guy will be different. Um, um, on your on your bullpen session one, which is usually your bigger one, you've got um, 40, 40 pitches to work with. And they're usually at about 80%, 75%, unless somebody really needs to work on their changeup and they, they're throwing that at 100%. You know, um, and then the next day it'll be like, okay, we've got 25 to work with here and, you know, give a couple extra halots and on a good one, it'll be 26, 27, 28, something like that. But then once you get to the big leagues, you make your own shit. It's, it's up to you. I mean, you're the one whose butt's on the line. You already know your body. You've gone through the minor leagues. The pitching coach knows you. You know what you need to do. So that's kind of like, all right, let's go get our bullpen session. All right, catcher, get down. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, we're good. I'm, that's, that's all I need. It's in the, in the big leagues, it's much more. You're on your own. You know your body. You're in charge of how, how many pitches you want to throw. Usually, I mean, it's been a while since I've been in a, a big league bullpen, but that's usually how it goes. What was kind of the the limit or the number? Like, how many days in a row did you pitch? And because we always talk about like different relief get pitchers, like going three straight days or something like that. We're like, man, they gotta that fourth day, they gotta take off for sure. Like, did you ever go four days, or was three days kind of the max? Three days was the max. Um, three out of four is rough. Um, four out of five is rough going two days in a row off two days in a row. That's, that's tough. That can that, you know, it can take a couple of days to recover. It can take a couple outings to recover, depending on how many pitches you threw. De- depends how fast you got up. If you warmed up twice, if you warmed up in the sixth and seventh, like didn't go into the seventh, that goes into account. There's just every time you throw the ball and every time you get your, your blood flow working, that's, that, that counts. All those add up. There's not a switch that a relief pitcher can flip and just pitch multiple innings. Coming up next, Carlos talks about the challenge that it is for a pitcher to throw multiple innings, and we begin looking at the Reds' pitching staff for next year. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important that you be prepared. Maybe you're traveling overseas. Maybe there are events taking place that are out of your control. Don't let your health be out of your control. Jace Medical wants to make sure that your health is in control. That's why they have the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your Jace case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customization for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. You can also buy a gift card for family or for your loved ones so that they can also get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the promo code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code L O C K E D O N at J A S E medical.com. Thanks as always for making lockdown reds. Your first listen every single day. Uh, remember we're free and available on all your favorite platforms, whether it be a podcast app or right here on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed. We'd love to have you here every single day because we're going to be here every single day talking about your Cincinnati Reds as we move through the off season. How will the Reds improve? 
We're going to dive into that question here a little bit later on, but wanted to start off first looking at the idea of relief pitchers throwing multiple innings. Does the same hold true when we ask a relief pitcher to give multiple innings? You know, we'll see. We saw this with Alexis Diaz a couple times over last season. He would come in in the eighth, and you could see that he was just wearing that adrenaline. Like, you could see it on his body, right? And he comes in there in the eighth and blows guys' doors off, and then he was asked to come back out for the ninth inning. And in a lot of times, it was a different pitcher that came back out in the ninth inning after that time of going into the dugout and sitting down. Is that Does that hold true? Is there something to that? Especially if if you're not absolutely yeah, especially if you're not used to doing it. If you do it once a month, that's not enough. You can't get used to it. Your body's got to get used to it. We're creatures of habit, especially in baseball. You you know, you have to have a routine. The hitters will tell you they have their routine. Pitchers will all tell you they have the routine. And if anything that throws that wrinkle off, you're like, okay, it's a new world here. It's simple as it sounds to everybody. What do you mean you can't go out there and throw? You've only you only got one guy out. Right. All you got to go do is sit down on the bench for 15 minutes and then go through again. Ooh, that is, it's not that easy whenever you don't do it all the time. I promise. It's difficult. It's like introducing, do I stand up? Do I sit down? Do I get water? Am I like, you have to have that all figured out. And if you just do it once a month or every once in a while, it's it's going to be too new for you. And I felt like that was the case with, with Diaz every single time. There, there was like nothing that I tracked it. There was somebody that was DMing me that had a pseudo tracker on that. But the number of times that David Bell would have a guy pitch after, you know, getting maybe one or two outs, then coming to the dugout, sitting while the Reds hit, and then coming back out and pitching. Like I felt like that track record was pretty bad. So that kind of that follows along with what you said. Like it's like they don't know what they're supposed to do in between that inning, and then they got to go back out and they got to get three more outs. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a different ball game, man. It's I, I can't express it enough. We're creatures of habit. You ask us to do the same thing over and over and over, and then all of a sudden you ask us to do something different. Like, yeah, we could do it, but maybe not totally confidently. So I have been advocating for the last couple years that I wish we could change the way we talk about wear and tear on a pitcher, and we talk about you know how much they actually worked. I mean, right now, basically, you look at appearances. And you look at innings and I don't think that either is a true representation of the wear and tear on an arm. Like you've been talking about, it doesn't take into effect the times they got up and down in the bullpen. It doesn't take into effect the number of pitches they threw in between with their in-between work. When you're talking about a starting pitcher, I would love for baseball to move to a pitches thrown model to, to truly measure. I would like that to be a statistic that appears on the back of a baseball card. Uh, this guy threw 15,000 pitches in 2023 or whatever it is. I mean, I would like to see that become the norm for gauging the wear and tear on a pitcher versus just, Oh, he threw a hundred innings or, Oh, he appeared in, you know, 71 games, a career high. Um, I think it would tell me a whole lot more if I knew what that equaled in pitches. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, you got to count bullpen pitches too, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like warm yeah, up no, game. That's what I think. I think yeah. all that should be tracked, you know, and it's so it's really just incredibly simple. Uh, for example, if you've ever coached a little league baseball team, uh, little league has put things in place over the last five, 10 years to really try and protect young arms from overuse. And that's how they do it. They track pitches. It's if, if you threw this many pitches yesterday, you can't pitch for three days. If you are, you were warmed up, you know, those pitches count. You, they, they do all that. And I don't know why that hasn't moved forward because I think it's, if 
great for little league, but I think that would work great in high school. It would work great in college. And I think in the majors at professional baseball, it would be a true representation to what we're doing to each arm every season so that you can better balance workload. That's interesting. I wonder if surely teams have that data. I wonder how much they use that. We've got to because I've never heard anybody really talk about that the total pitches because I know they track them in the bullpen. I mean, they were tracking them back in 2008, like however many pitches you threw in the bullpen at a certain, you know, level. Now, I'm not talking just tossing back and forth, warming up. I'm like, all right, catcher, here comes up at least 80 percent of my effort. They'll start tracking those, you know, and they send those to the to the manager after the game, you know, because they, they add on the pitches from the game. I don't think they necessarily add on your warm up pitches in between innings, but they take the your your um, warm up pitches as well and those are always 12 to 15 pitches for a reliever yeah. it's like okay i don't need any more i'm going to here you know just lob it back and forth to keep my arm hot keep it warm while i'm still waiting there for out number 2 you know things like that so with that it it kind of makes me curious because this season from our perspective you know we watched the starting rotation really labor through the season. There were a lot of games that it felt like they did not go very deep, causing the bullpen to throw plenty of innings, plenty of pitches and lots of high leverage situations. As you watch this team and, and, and seeing what they did this past season, moving into next year, where really the only pitcher who is leaving the team is Buck Farmer. Who's going into free agency. Everybody else is coming back. Um, and, 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 you know, depending on the moves that they make, how many of those guys actually get the spots that they had last year, that's still up in the air. But when you look at this team going into next season, what's kind of your feel around the pitching staff? Is the starting rotation going to bounce back? And how can the bullpen replicate its performance it had? Um, I think the guys that we saw later in the year in the starting rotation could possibly help out a lot towards that bullpen. Like, I think if Brandon Williamson starts off the year in the bullpen, that's going to be really good for the Reds because that means they probably added, you know, another starting pitcher or two uh, via free agency. And adding someone like him in the bullpen, maybe not maybe not him, um, maybe somebody else, one of the other, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that are, you know, going to be battling out for that final spot um, in the rotation, they get moved to the bullpen. And I think having guys – like that, like the, you know, like the Hoffmans that we didn't have last year to eat up those, you know, fourth and fifth and sixth innings and keep them still in the game um, instead of having to use three different relievers for the fourth, fifth, and sixth inning in a tight game. That That is where I think the Reds got really hurt because they didn't have someone who could eat up those innings and it not be just a mop-up guy. Somebody that's like, all right, well, our starter doesn't have it. We're still in this game. Um, let's put in somebody with higher quality, but no, the Reds had to go to a one inning guy every single inning from halfway through the game. And it was, it was too much. It was taxing. And, you know, Reds Twitter for the majority was on. They're like, there's no way these guys are going to last. And they're right. 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 It was, it was a very, it was a unanimous decision from Reds Twitter. So we don't really, we don't really (laughs) see that. (laughs) It's like, they gave good performances, but yeah, they were getting absolutely killed out there in June and you saw it in September. They just ran out of gas. Um, so with that, like there were some guys that the way that they pitched throughout 2023 really had me thinking these guys are kind of out over their skids. Like how replicable is it for a bullpen pitcher? Because I always say that, you know, I always like to say the thing 
you know, relief pitching is a fickle thing, but is that true? It's it's tough, man, especially on guys like that that don't have a, you know, a good track record of, you know, repeating that kind of success because and being a relief pitcher, it's stressful because you have one bad week. It's going to take you half a season to get back to an average season, you know, stat wise. You could put up six weeks worth of great outings and one bad week. You're fighting for your job again. And so it's it's tough because, you know. Going into the year, I didn't think the bullpen was going to be near as good as it was just because of the track record of these guys. And, and you know, I think a lot of us were kind of like, man, just make the bullpen a little bit better. It couldn't cost that much money. But they saw something and they, you know, for the most part, they nailed it with most all, mostly all of them. And it was surprising. It kept going up, up until like, you know, like September, like we talked about. And to to bank on that again with the same guys, man, you're asking a lot. You're asking a lot, and I think there's there's too many what ifs already going into the 2024 season. What is the move that Carlos would make to improve this pitching staff this offseason? His answer may surprise you. That's coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is FanDuel. The World Series is on its way, and there is no better time to jump in to FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Just make a $5 wager for your first wager as a new customer and you will get that $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create a new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to homers to who's going to win the game. And if you don't want to wait for the whole game to get over and get that W, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. There's all kinds of great props and quick bets and things like that. I always talk about the very first pitch and how it's usually a value of that pitch getting put in play. It's kind of a fun prop, uh, prop bet to take there as well. So head on over to FanDuel.com. Slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate with this postseason offer and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed after your first $5 wager. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. You know, in between episodes, you can follow us on social. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two F's. You can also follow Carlos Guevara at Carlos Guevara 58. We'll see it on the screen here in just a moment. All right, let's get back into our chat. We're going to look at what's the main move that Carlos would make to make this pitching staff better. And then later on, a little bit of talk about the Reds medical staff and kind of what his experience was with different major league medical staffs. What moves do you make this offseason for the Reds pitching staff? I go and get someone that I could put at the front. Um, take some stress off of Hunter. Um, it'd be nice if it was someone like a Sunny Gray, something like that, that you could maybe even start ahead, possibly opening day. That good, that would be, I think that would make a lot of us really happy to put pencil in a number one, number two, because, I mean, if we, you know, if the Reds went into the, the playoffs this year, I mean, how confident would we be Hunter Green lining up against, you know, an ace on the other side? You know, we'd like our chances, but, 
still with you know somebody a little bit more maybe at the end of next year he's he grows into that hopefully fingers crossed that he does turn into that ace but I, i'd like a number one number two type and then somebody at that back end number four number five type just so it can solidify that bullpen we've got guys there that you know somebody goes down which you know unfortunately it's been the track record for the last couple of years that the starting pitching does so you know slide one of those guys in slide two guys in and maybe not miss that much so I think getting a couple of starting bullpens or starting starting pitchers will help the bullpen and make their because I don't think they're going to add a whole lot on the bullpen side, maybe one or two. But I think they really they like their chances of what they have they're, and it's cheap. Um, yeah. It's not going to cost them any more money there, which is kind of a big deal. Um, so I think internally they can even make their bullpen better than what it is. We saw leg injuries be a real problem for the starting pitchers in 2023 we saw hunter green go down with the hip and then there's this stress injury that i have never heard of before this thing the stress reaction thing that's going on with nick lodolo let's start with lodolo for a minute because you know this is a guy that has all of the upside in the world but you know now the the injury situation is starting to become a little concerning uh with this this leg thing have you heard of this with other pitchers? What's the recovery look like? Do you have any experience or teammates with experience of battling with something like this? Because, I mean, I'm glad it's not an arm injury, but I'm starting to get a little worried about Lodolo. Yeah, it is kind of worrying because you don't hear much about it. You don't hear what his rehab is like. What is he doing? What is exactly is this stress fracture? Why is it causing him to miss so much time? And like, how did they deem him ready? Whatever he clearly wasn't ready. Like, what what happened? What what's going on? I don't know. I've never played with anyone that that had that um, type of leg injury, or you know, I haven't even talked to anybody that you know might know him to ask him about that. But um, that's that's crazy to me. I, I mean, to miss that much time, and then not a whole lot of reasoning on why. I don't know. As his plant foot too, I think is you know when he puts all of his weight on coming forward. He's a, he's a big guy too, so you hear the word yeah. stress reaction, and you're like, oh, that's a lot of weight coming out on that front on that front leg. And is it repeatable? Is it something that it's just going? He's just going to have to deal with. That's that's kind of the thing that makes me wonder a little bit because you know if you just would have broken his leg or something, as much as that sounds like. A little bit morbid it sounds like that would have been a little bit easier to deal with at this point like is it a chronic thing like is it something right. that flared up on him or what i just i've never heard that phrasing before when we're talking about a pitcher's injury i've never heard that before and i i was i was curious if that's just something new terminology they've come up with or, or maybe it's been around for a while and we just didn't hear about it outside the game uh, because it's concerning to me. I'm a little bit concerned about that. Now, listen, you've been in, in part of multiple major league organizations, and I've kind of been banging this drum the last, you know, second half of 2023, uh, being a little disgruntled with the Reds medical staff in particular, when we were seeing players where I felt like at some times where players needed to be protected from themselves and sometimes where it became a predictable pattern. Oh, that's only going to be a five-day injury. Oh, and suddenly it's a 10-day injury and we're playing shorthanded and we're now going to get around to putting him on the injured list. And it seemed like this chronic problem only in Cincinnati. But you've been in multiple organizations. 
is that something typical of baseball where where medical staffs you know defer to the player and let them say whether they're okay or not because i feel like that's what we saw maybe with lodolo trying to fire it back up we've definitely seen it with jonathan india more than one time where he says oh i can go i can go and the injury ends up being a little bit more significant than initially suspected or at least initially revealed Uh, do you see that around baseball where guys are clearly obviously hurt and the medical staff will look the other way uh yeah yeah i mean it certainly like i mean it goes back to earlier like i was talking about it's i mean you're in charge of your your career here um if if they know that you're injured for sure you know they send you through tests and, and you really can't fake those tests um i mean maybe you can to, to get by with a pain tolerance but i mean it's going to show eventually so if you try to say yeah i'm ready i'm ready and then you know, you go out there and, you know, perform, then it's really not going to help your case moving forward. But I do know, remember going from the Reds medical staff dealing with them. Cause you know, cause I had, I, I dealt with a, a pulled growing like four seasons in a row, halfway through the year, every single time I would pull my growing, I could feel it no matter how much I stretched, no matter, you know, I tried to do everything I could because I knew it kept happening. And then I go over to Padres organization and, you know, I, I let them know about that. They see that in my medical history. And they're like, what's the problem? I'm like, I don't know. It just keeps happening. And they're like, all right, hop up on the table, have a doctor look at your hips. Let's like, okay. Well, they seem off. They reset them. And then they measure them within like 45 minutes. They solved my problem. I had one leg. that's like a quarter of an inch shorter than the other. They added an insole. I didn't have a pull growing for my next two years. Just like that. Something as small as that. And it's one of the main things that I noticed that was different was their medical staff versus the the Reds. The the Padres medical staff was more hands-on. It was more intimate. There was more guys and they were, you know, and it felt like a, like they actually like really cared. Not to say the Reds guys didn't care, but it just felt more intimate and more involvement. And the manager was involved. It was more of a, like a, hey, this is our family. What's going on with him? What's going on with him type of deal. And with like Cincinnati, it was kind of more of like a hush hush. Like, well, you don't want to go in the lot. You don't want to go in the medical, the medical room. It was it was two totally different styles. But they they switched up from now. I mean, that was fifteen years ago. So, you know, they've been different. Uh, I don't want to speak on these, but I do know through the sources that this res medical staff is not being looked well upon right now um, with the players, just because the, some of the reasons you mentioned, some of the rehab time on other surgeries, it's, you know, time timetables were not estimated correctly. It's It's just kind of like a free for all over there is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I, I've heard the I've heard the same thing from some sources inside, which is why I wanted to ask about it. I I would not be shocked to hear that uh, there's another overhaul of the medical department uh, before next season starts. And and I'm really at this point, I think it's it's warranted, and I and I hope that it happens. Because it takes a lot for somebody like for a player to come out and verbally say something like what Jonathan India this this year. You know, mm-hmm. that takes a lot. Whether, you know, if you're a fiery guy, well, hey, I'm ready to go play. Well, well, yeah, okay, we know that guy. But he he's not that guy. We know he wants to play, but he's not going to badmouth somebody because it's kind of disrespectful to do that. I mean, it is disrespectful to do that, but he didn't care at that point because he was sick of it. He was tired of it. Man, Carlos, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us a lot. Uh, going to have to do this again as we look throughout the offseason. Hopefully, we we're talking about the Reds getting a couple of starters, a couple of relief pitchers, and, and really – 
filling in their needs for next season because you're right. Like you can't just run it back. The Reds ran it back last year because they, they, you know, they weren't expecting to compete the way that they did this year. And, but they, they constantly said, well, you know, we got some guys that are going to get healthy and then that just didn't work out. So you can't go into this off season, say the same thing and expect different results. Hopefully they change that up. Carlos really appreciate you, man. Appreciate it guys. Thank you. Going to have to have Carlos back on here during the offseason to talk about this Reds team. His insight is very different from ours as he got to play the game. He was a pitcher in the bullpen, and it's always fun to talk to guys that have played the game. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, Lindsey Crosby will join me to talk about who's next, who could be a big call-up for the Reds this next season. I know that there's not a ton but we're going to look at uh, one big one and then a couple of other impactful players who could play a role on next year's Reds team. But until then, you can trust that Steve and I will be locked on Reds every single day.